Guilty movie pleasure fans, for those of you that may be concerned today's episode may be too scientific for you, don't worry, that's not going to happen. In fact, things are pretty much going to get really weird, so strap your bras on your head because today we're covering weird science. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interview. Popcorn Talk, we talk movie. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. Oh, yes. Can we get that weird science theme song playing, Mr. Ryan? Listen to this. What did you say it should be called, Jesse? Weird magic. Weird magic. It should be called weird magic. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Guilty Movie Pleasures. I'm your host, Ben Begley, and with me as always... Jesse McIntosh. Yes, yes. We're back two weeks in a row. Don't get too comfortable, because I won't be here next week, but that's okay. Moving on to today's topic, weird science. Um, we're just going to get right into this because it's there's a lot. There's, there's a lot nothing to, else to do. There's nothing let's else just to get, do. Yeah, let's start the podcast. We've had this uh, requested a few times. We have, and uh, and it's um, I'd never seen it. I had seen the TV show, which weirdly enough, I know the guy who plays Anthony Michael Hall's character on the TV show. His name is John Asher. And as soon as we decided to cover this, I was like, crap, I should have texted him to be on the show. <laughs> but, you know, hindsight is 50-70, right? That's what, that is what they that say. That is what they say. Yeah. Uh, so I had never seen this. I, uh, my wife a lot of times gets on me about how, like, I'll get on her about, like, you never saw Star Wars growing up or Indiana Jones and things like that. And then I'll be like, well, I never saw... She hates Harrison Ford. She just has a big issue with Harrison Ford. She hates Carpenters. <laughs> and maybe because I always go, I didn't kill my wife. And oh, she's like, oh, Jesus. It's the, the only one she the saw. Fugitive. And she's like... I didn't kill my wife. Yeah. That's my uh, Harrison Ford. He had a uh, metal arm. <laughs> he had a metal arm. It's really, it's really bad. It's more like Walter Matthau and Grumpy Old Men. But anyways, uh, now one. that I've kept us really on track so far... Uh, she always gets on me for not seeing a lot of John Hughes movies. I saw, like, the vacation movies, but I never really saw Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, any of that growing up. Mm-hmm. And Weird Signs, I did I did not see. And the first time I saw it was two days ago. And I have to admit, it's hilarious. But, as we discussed before the show, it ages so, so bad. So if we can just... <laughs> Uh, like we'll bring it up a couple times and try not to dwell on it too much for, throughout the show, but let's just get it out of the way at the top that we all can agree that he, we Jesse and I here at Guilty Movie Pleasures do not condone the misogyny and and pretty blatant racism this movie has and sexism in any yeah, way. They they use anti gay slurs a bunch, a lot. you know. So there's a lot of problematic things in here. That being said. Uh, I still had fun watching it as a slice of '80s bizarre comedy where. I read on IMDb that John Hughes wrote this movie in two days, and it, it shows. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> it shows. But I had a blast watching this movie, even though, and I pulled one sound clip that made me <laughs> cringe so hard. Like, I felt embarrassed watching it alone. It was so dated. But uh, Bill Paxton cracked me up. Um, a lot of the randomness, it reminded me of the movie, this is going to sound strange, but the ending of this movie reminded me of the movie Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, I haven't seen it. but <laughs> If anybody's seen the movie Mother, the ending, I won't spoil it, but the ending goes batshit crazy. Similar, not similar at all, but like it all takes place in a house and batshit things happen in this house. Just like in the end of Weird Science, where batshit things happen at the end of this movie where I'm like, 
why are Mad Max Marauders coming in here? Why is the kid... This is insanity. Sure. So, you know, maybe Mother was a loose remake of Weird Science. I, I do love that the connective tissue was the house... No, no, it's the weird. No, it's the it's weird the, stuff. It's the bonkers yeah. third act. Yeah, you did like throw in, and it, it took place in a house. I can't wait. I just for, want to throw that out. I can't there. wait for somebody to be like, you know what? That's brilliant. <laughs> I've seen both. <laughs> General, now, that I, now that I think about it, lots of movies take places in a house. Every movie that's taken place in a house. What about Home Alone? Oh, it's just like weird science. <laughs> There's a crazy third act. Yeah, Anyways. and it's in a house. <laughs> Okay, now that you really pick apart my uh, no, I just my wanna, thesis. I'm not picking it apart. I'm celebrating it. Okay, okay, yeah. that's what we're gonna do. Hopefully, with weird science, is I, celebrate it. Not, mostly the aspect of the the house. Yeah, that's so, what I want to celebrate. Having never seen it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a lot of movies in the '80s you can watch now, like Revenge of the Nerds, uh, Porky's, several things, Animal House, even one of the best comedies ever made. But there's a lot of stuff in there that now with 2019 eyes, you're like, oh. But luckily it wasn't made in 2019, so you can kind of put that 39 years of whatever <laughs> goggles on it. Sure. The, I mean, Sorry, the best the you time, can. The carbonation of the uptime took over. I understand. It was uptime. a bad moment. Ruining my sentences since 1932. And yet he's going in for more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So prepare yourself for more ruined sentences. It's delicious. Only five calories. It, it is. Uh, it Okay. So it's problematic and like it's... You can set it aside, but it also like takes you out of it in the moment a little bit. Yeah, because you have to check yourself for just a moment, being like, "I'm upset about this. <laughs> no one should have ever done this." <laughs> and then, and then you move on from it, and uh, you, you just like s- sort of sift back into the. I think once you get past nostalgia. Act One, do you think? Do you think Act One is the hurdle you have to jump over, and then you can kind of because it gets kind of more just zany and ridiculous yeah i mean the whole thing zany it's just like the i think the blatant racism you're talking about is the bar scene that you prepped me for a little bit (laughs) oh my god um and that i think is in it's fitting with the rest of the like tone of the movie what they're trying to do there and in the context of like what else was going on in cinema at that time i think it probably worked the same way that we appreciate the like zany house party at the end you know what i mean but like it just sticks out like a sore thumb it's also similar to adventures in babysitting where they go to the blues bar and elizabeth shoe gets up there and does a babysitting babysitting blues but you know while we're talking about it (laughs) let's just play clip number three so we can get it out of the way and i'll show you my reaction to it as i watched it on the couch alone Oh, wait, pause it real quick. I apologize. This is Anthony Michael Hall, a skinny white kid surrounded by all African-American adult men talking about a 13-year-old girl. So that's the context you need to realize. And and he's uh, put a, had alcohol for the first time, yes. I think, is what so they're he's drunk, here. He's drunk. Talking about a 13-year-old girl and in front of adult African-American men, and he is a skinny white kid. Let us know, you labeled this clip, does not age well. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and I, this is how I reacted on the couch. I was nuts for the woman, man. Oh, no. Now you gotta believe me. I'm, saying, I'm telling the truth here. I'm speaking to you. Oh. I mean, I was nuts for the girl. And what did to me was these big titties she had. For a 13-year-old girl, man. She wouldn't have to worry about no titties for the rest of her life, boy. You know, she was set and she was looking good, son. That's the truth, baby. There's so many things. There's so many things. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, I feel like I can move on. Yeah. Because... I literally, and that scene feels like it goes on forever. It does. And it's just, 
it keeps and he's like man you know what the bitch said to me then and i'm like oh no it just keeps ramping up and his accent gets more racist yeah and the stuff he's saying gets more and i just was like oh god just just Turn off your brain. Don't think of anything. Just it's in the 80s. It's innocent, right? Well, and then he continues to talk that way when they're in the car. Like it just goes on for a very long time. Forever. Yeah. So maybe, you know, uh, what here's how the 2019 reboot of that would be. It would you could do the same thing, but then have everybody around him looking at him like, what is this guy's deal? Like everybody else plays the voice of the audience like is this guy for real? Like, is this really happening? Sure. You know, you don't have... Still, it's hard to, sure. it's still hard to pull off, though. I, yeah. You'd have to delicately do it. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he needs to be impersonating a jazz man no, in this scene. No. I think that he can just be a drunk 15-year-old and the scene would work just fine. Probably better. Yeah. And it's also weird to me, <laughs> and then I promise we'll move on, but it's weird to me that this 15-year-old kid's talking about these 13-year-old with big old titties, and all these adult men are like, yeah. That's, that's so... That's the weird... <laughs> so this is that's the That's like the thing. icing on the weird cake. There, But that that thematically is like baked into this entire movie. They The woman they create is 23 years old, and everyone's just like pretty cool with them hanging out with her. Yeah. And she makes out with one of them at one point. Yeah. And which apparently that the kid actor in one of the takes got carried away and put his tongue in her mouth uh-huh. and she slapped him and said, you ever do that again? I'll kick you in the balls. Well, <laughs> sure. So. And that's yeah. real life. Yeah. That's what happened in real life. Oh, when in that the movie. Happened. Yeah. And in the movie, everyone's just like, everyone should have reacted that way. I, it but made they, me wonder if she had like powers of suggestion over everyone, you know? I mean, she did, right? She like a couple times but, erases but like, people's memories. But like, but, did she have it? Like in a like in a Professor Xavier way, like when they walk in the bar, she can be like, "This is societally acceptable." Pretty unclear. Um, <laughs> like they they never talk about it, and they never Every, like see all the rules of, of this movie are very unclear. Ooh, maybe if he had spent three days writing this movie, <laughs> then we could have ironed out some of the like pretty obvious flaws. <laughs> but yeah, like it's stuck out in this bar scene when all of these adults are like just fine with. Uh, yeah. I mean, they have fake IDs, but like they're clearly 15 years old yeah. and them being escorted around the two of them being escorted around by one 23 year old. I mean, you would assume they're rich kids who hired a prostitute would is what it would appear is the only or a very attractive babysitter. Like, I don't know what scenario in your brain you could justify yeah. this. I mean, even if you hired a prostitute, I think the statutory laws are still in place. <laughs> I, I love that we're harping on this in a movie where they create a woman out of a Barbie doll. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get let's there. Get in, let's, let's get into this. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. As we've, we've focused on this one clip, because it was one of the more problematic scenes but i did i was smiling and laughing for most of this movie sure because it's absurd it's completely absurd escapism it's not supposed to make sense they could have maybe made it make a little more sense but it, it was it was it had all the john hughes tropes and then four thousand other bonkers things that <laughs> similar to mother yeah darren right. aronofsky 
John Hughes. It's and it, this as well was an allegory for yep. uh, the creation the of the Bible. Earth. Yeah, the Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. I know that and, much. Anyways, so let's do the plot in under three minutes now that we have uh, bored half our live chat to tears. <laughs> all right, fellas. Anybody saying that we're social justice warriors in there? A uh, few people. Gamer guys reviews is. I said, "Welcome to Tosh Pointos. Is it racist?" <laughs> <laughs> that kind of that kind of works, right? That's great. All right, guys. Ponder to three minutes in. Oh God. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so we get introduced to Gary and Wyatt, and they're creepily staring at the girls' volleyball team, talking about how they'd like to shower with all of them. Uh, you know, just typical things. Uh, locker room talk. And then uh, they get pantsed by Robert Downey Jr. and his buddy, um, and they're embarrassed, and they, they leave, and they're so bummed out, they're like, they're watching Frankenstein at night at, uh, and hanging out at Wyatt's place. And, um, and that's when... Is it Wyatt or Gary? Gary gets the idea of, yeah, that's it. We'll make a girl. <laughs> so he uses his computer. They plug into somehow the, the phone system or the electrical plant, and they pin these clips to a Barbie doll, and it creates Kelly LeBrock uh, that they call Lisa, and then she starts taking them around town. She takes them to a bar. They walk into the bar. She gives them fake IDs, which well, we she already has went on, on that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we, the bar scene happens. They come back. They wake up. They're like, everything's back to normal. They're like, oh, was that? a dream but we were in the same dream and then they go downstairs and she's making breakfast and they're like oh my god this is real and uh, uh and then oh oh and then why it's wearing lisa's outfit oh and yeah that's when and Ch- then we meet bill paxton bill paxton chet comes, comes in. home his yeah. brother chet <laughs> and chet uh chet actually came home the night before when he, when they were drunk and chet messes with them more in the morning and he's really being set up as this antagonist and then they go perfume shopping for their mistress is what they say and then uh she's shopping for a thong to turn on a 15 year old boy yep you know uh and, and then robert downey jr and his buddy pour the icy on them yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah. it's a big spectacle again 90 seconds and then and then lisa goes up the elevator and they see her and uh robert downey jr and his friend run after her and they're <laughs> like oh you were looking at us and she's like no i wasn't oh uh, there's a party night there's at, a party at, at wyatt's house yeah and then they pull up and they're and robert downey jr. almost run running, over like, several what? patrons in the Is process this? yeah uh and so they're like we don't want the party and she's like you need the party and oh and then <laughs> she goes over to gary's parents house yep. <laughs> and, and they're like what's the party gonna be and she's like it's gonna be a high school orgy and it's bad that your son's been tossing off and she goes on this whole rant and gary's parents freak out and then she makes gary's dad forget who gary is and then never reminds him for the rest of the movie and then it's she, incredible she threatens him with a gun right in front of gary <laughs> And it turns out to be a squirt gun. Uh, okay, okay. And then um, and then uh, they go... Um, to, uh, so the party's happening. The party happens. And yeah. then the party's the rest of the movie. Where, yeah. like, they're nervous in the bathroom. And then the girls come in because Chet... Or not Chet. Uh, the, the RDJ uh, is being a jerk with his friend. And, and uh, they have a little banter in the bathroom. They're kind of vibing. And then they go out and these marauders come in. And the, the kitchen turns blue. And then for, first RDJ and his buddy try and convince them to make a girl for them and then a missile shows up yeah and then the marauders come in and anthony michael hall threatens him and he like he gets bravery and they yeah. leave and then the Ten two seconds. girls fall in love with the two guys and then the, the piano player gets sucked out and all this crazy stuff's happening where everything's getting turned back yep in and, and then it's flooding and the parents get home and right in and time Chet turns and into a big pile of poop <laughs> the important parts um I wrote down, and this is not an, a completely original thought because people had compared it to Mary Poppins, but it's like Mary Poppins for horny teenage boys. Yeah, I can see that. That's what this movie is. Sure. So that's where if if I knew that more going into it, 
you, you just and I figured it out very quickly. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's it's a horny teenage boy Mary Poppins, and it succeeds at that. It uh, definitely does. Yeah, I don't know if that if that elevator pitch, like if I'd say, yeah, that's a great idea, run with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, hey guys, you know Mary Poppins. <laughs> what if we made it for like horny teenage boys? Yeah, I mean the like gr- sounds like a porno. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll have elements that seem like that, it's but it'll be, be super innocent very borderline pornographic and at the same time trying to like yeah. lift us up yeah a little bit i do wish that the heroes were a little more active i feel like they get to just like go along this journey and do the bare minimum to to be to achieve what they win at the end you know sure sure Does that make yeah sense? like they barely have to do anything even the marauders like they know there's no real danger with the with the Marauders, because they're creations of... But it seems like maybe there could be. I don't be. know. Yeah, I don't know what they know. It's Where like, do those th- things go? Does she just make them... Uh, they do establish later on that her illusions disappear after time. Right. I mean, we establish that right after the first night, when everything right. is back to normal. You're right, you're right. But... there's a, Sorry, there's a lot to unpack in this film. I, I missed certain details. There's There's an incredible lack of curiosity from the guys who don't really care about the mechanics of how this is all working and like what they can and can't do and what role this woman does or doesn't play in their lives. Like it, to your point, they are just along for the ride and they're not doing any of the work of like figuring out what the hell is happening right now. And to, to the point where like, at the end, and I'm going to jump all the way, but we can come back. We can circle back on this. No, let's just, just, but, just end the podcast right now. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, <laughs> so give us, put five minutes on the timer. Now, uh, so at the very end, uh, when they get girlfriends and they're like, we're going to have to break it to Lisa that we have girlfriends. Like they seem to think that. They still haven't understood. Yeah. They don't get what is going on here. Is that a plot hole or just a realistic portrayal of how dense teenage boys can be? I think maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. I, it, it would probably help fill in some of the gaps if you made them more curious. It seems like this was a trope in the 80s where like uh, uh, reality happens and you just accept it. You know, like I feel like nowadays when a movie is created, we have to justify we we almost have swung in the other direction where we over justify things like, yes, did you see Happy Death Day? No. Well, the sequel, Happy Death Day to You, this doesn't spoil anything. You've already seen the trailers. It's very they, much like Mother. It's very it's a lot like pretty much every film's like Mother. <laughs> uh <laughs> With the lowercase m and the exclamation, exclamation point. Uh, they, uh, the second one explains and justifies how the first one happened. And it's it's cool, but I kind of like the first one better because there wasn't an explanation. Sure. You know? Sure. And I like... I, if... If they if it were real life, the entire movie would be them asking questions, yeah. which is not what it's I'm not suggesting. What just but a little bit in that first act of would, like, what is happening? Would just have love for them to wonder what her relationship to them is, because what it seems like they both think that she they created her to be their girlfriend. <laughs> and what is confusing about that is they both think that about themselves and they're both fine with like yeah. this tripod of a relationship. Yeah, it's like. It's like when I was a kid and I had a stack of three Playboys, me and my buddy Corey bought at a yard sale, uh-huh. and we'd, we'd like lend them to each other. Yeah. In hindsight, that's already weird enough, yeah. let alone sharing a sex bot is basically what they've built. Yeah. And that they don't have sex with, do they? Don't know. Because they, 
Both of them had the same dream, and then both of them, I guess, hooked up with, like, made out with her in their dreams. We were talking about before the show, why not just create a second... They needed a second just one. Just create a second... It seemed really easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, day four of writing this script, John Hughes would have come up with that, I think. And it would have yeah. solved, I think, just a small issue. Yeah, because really, like... what is going on. <clears throat> right away, it's like... I, I like that... I like that her she starts to get more agency towards the end. Like, I'm trying to teach you boys how to grow up and be men. But in the beginning, it's like, oh, they own me. I'm going to turn them on with the thong and stuff. Right. <laughs> it's super weird. Right. I don't know what I'm supposed to believe here. And I don't know where that turn came when yeah. she decided to start helping them. Uh, uh, somewhere around mature. hour 33 of, uh, of, <laughs> of the writing? second day before hour 48 when he said, done. done. Let's play clip number uh Two, because this is when um, when Wyatt gets the I- I'm sorry, Gary gets the idea. That's not a bad idea. What? Making a girl. <laughs> Actually making a girl. Just like Frankenstein. <laughs> Except cuter. So the way they make the girl is amazing and could only exist in the 80s because there's so much incredible suspension of disbelief because Frankenstein built out of several human parts, a brain that was still living that's or a newly deceased brain put into the body, right? Yeah. And then electrocuted back to life. So it, it kind of makes sense. Sure. Comparatively. Yes. Yes. But like mother. Right. (laughs) So anyways, but this one, as far as the scene where they... Just like Frankenstein. But cuter. Uh, This is one of my favorite tropes of the 80s and 90s, whenever they did hacker stuff, Uh specifically in the movie Hackers, where computer programs are weird Virtua Boy landscapes where it's just like li- colored lines and boxes and yeah. eyeballs and did, E equals MC square floats by and like, what program are they using? Right. How did they get there from MS-DOS? <laughs> that is not MS-DOS. That establish? is not Linux. No, that's that nothing I'm familiar with. There's no Mac OS I've ever seen. Uh-uh. And it's just like floating. And I love when they're just intense. It's one of my favorite tropes of the 80s where they're like, I'm almost in. And it's like, as if computers are like, this virtual landscape that we can see instead of just boring code. Right. It's honestly like what should have happened in this movie was the kids who created this woman should have been given a grant to work in some like scientific lab. Why didn't they tie this into the Marvel cinematic universe? (laughs) And we realized that Robert Downey Jr. In this movie is actually young Tony Stark. And then Tony Stark gives them a grant to then create life model decoys, which is in the comics. And then the LMDs are the issue instead of Ultron. Sure. And then that can lead to Ultron because he has to create Ultron to stop the LMDs. Or, and hear me out, what if this tied into... I super nerd on that. What if this tied into Mother? (laughs) (laughs) Add me in, what if it tied into Mother? (laughs) Oh, yes, I love it. So then, so... It's incredible. They, they they run out of juice, so they pick up their phone and slam did it on... Did they invent the internet? They, they, like, I think they did. That's what they did, right? They slam it on another thing that then ties into, I guess, another computer system. There's no explanation, and I love it because there's nothing. It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's hilarious. It's that typical scene of like the power plant going nuts, and they're like, ah, what's happening? Somebody's stealing all our juice, you know? Yeah. They invented the internet. You're they right. did. Because um, as far as I know, it wasn't around in 80, 
whenever this came out. I was like 13 when it came out. Um, and then from there, they, they have the Barbie doll hooked up to two um, tiny wire um, clamps. Very important question that... For me, this is the most important question yeah. that wasn't answered and should have been addressed. Yeah. Where there, this household was Chet and, <clears throat> yep. and what was, the, what was the kid's name? Uh, Gary. And Gary. Chet and Gary. Mm. Where did this, Wyatt. Sorry, I keep getting him confused. Chet and Wyatt. Where did the Barbie doll come from? Maybe who's, they bought one. Whose Barbie doll was it? Maybe they bought one. I don't know. Maybe they wanted G.I. Joe to have a girlfriend. Because I can tell you for sure, for in, it for Christmas in the year. 80s, in the 70s and 80s, no parents were buying their son's Barbie dolls. Yeah. 2019, sure, yeah. maybe. Um, but not in the 80s. It did not happen. Yeah. So yeah. I want to know who, where, where they acquired it and uh, for what purpose, and was it for this purpose? Was it specifically for this purpose? Yeah. And why didn't they acquire more for right. later on? Why didn't they acquire Instead different of ones? bringing a, a Persian Mitchell. Persian Mitchell? Persian Mitchell. Persian Mitchell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Sean Connery now. <laughs> um, so they create um, Lisa. She comes to life, and I love that the door says, I break for girls or something like that, yeah. and it blows up and she appears. And immediately this could go one way or the other. It could go full-on porn or the way it goes. We're somewhere right. in the middle. <laughs> and we have the bar scene that happens, which we've talked to. Um, and, uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot. When they're designing the boobs. And they're, like, going in, like, the design process. And they say, like, should she be smart? And one of the op- options is boring dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Oh, it's incredible! Oh, it was, it was like the de de evolver. Yeah, the devolver. Yeah, yeah, from last week. And at first, they were just going to create her in the virtual world, so they could like talk to right. her and things like that. And I almost want a two-hour cut of this movie where they it starts that way, and then they figure out how to build her in real life. Yeah, uh, I just want a director's cut of this movie. Do you? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. It's funny how it is. Uh, so then they go to the bar. We already talked about it a bunch. Um, Chet comes home, and Gary's drunk, and Chet's messing with him. And can we play clip number four? You can, there's a lot going on in that yeah. clip. There's a lot of foley. Some high pitch. He pukes, you die. He pukes, you die. Funny enough, when I took my buddy um, <clears throat> for his bachelor party, we took an Uber home, and he was wrecked on the yeah. way home. And the driver was getting a little nervous. And, you know, he at first was like, as long as you give me a five-star rating. But then as my buddy got more and more nauseous, he finally was fed up, and he looked at me and said... I was like, Jesus, you're getting a four and a half star rating now, buddy. Well, I don't blame him. His driving was great, though. Yeah. <laughs> but that's actually a true story, aside from the he pukes, he dies. Because uh, really? my buddy got out of the car, and the second he got out of the Uber, he barfed all over the sidewalk. God bless him for holding it. He in. held it in. Yeah. Because well, otherwise, that would have been a bad, you, that would have been a, a stain on my otherwise perfect Uber record. You you know that I am uh, governor of the city, no uh, visual puke on TV. You are. Um, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, you heard That's me. the strangest. Let me just make sure. I was trying to. I was Governor trying to of the out. city, no visual puke on TV. I guess I'd be mayor of the city. I think you would just be the um, spokesperson for anti. No, I'm. I was, I'm puke. an elected official. Oh, you're an elected official. I'm mayor, mayor. By other of the people city. who are uh, adverse yeah. to showing puke. On yes, them. they know. They know that I'm the number one advocate for such. every time. Yes, Team America was the best. Oh my god! Because as I was watching, I was like, Jesse's going to hate this. So when we sat down to watch Team America, you and I together, uh, and you had suggested oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. you had suggested <clears throat> that we watch it, and that scene 
starts to starts Escalate. to unfold. Yep. And I sort of felt what was going to happen, and I looked at you and I pointed at the TV and I said, "He pukes, you die." But then he puked so long, <laughs> he did. That you kind of forgave me. I, I was waiting for it to end, and by the time it ended, I forgot what my threat was. <laughs> so long. That's how it went. <laughs> um, God, I love Bill Paxton in this movie. I know you and I might disagree on that, but I think he is hilarious and obnoxious, but super funny. Some of his mannerisms and... Like when he turns around and double elbows his door open. That, <laughs> that was amazing. Like just this spin and boom. <sighs> He's just this total bro. His haircut with like slick back and then a flat top. Yeah. Everything about him screams perfect 80s douchebag to yeah. me. It was, it, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was hard for me to like separate it from the Bill Paxton that like, yeah, big love Bill Paxton. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. Um, but he's, to me, he's just doing like, He's kind of doing a lot in this I, movie. And I loved that, it. That particular move where he opens the door, that was my favorite part of Bill Paxton's performance. Yeah. But the rest of it, I just felt like he was pushing a little bit. But uh, it, it like it fit the tone. It was it was fine. I thought every scene he came in, I was like, yes, Chet's back. <laughs> Chet was my jam. Uh, so, like, even when, when Wyatt comes in wearing Lisa's outfit and Bill Paxton doesn't notice yet... And he flings the eggs onto the ceiling from the frying pan sure. and smashes them that way. And he's like, here, you can have some breakfast. He's like such a dick. Um, yeah, but, for someone who's so concerned about the tidiness of the house, like yeah. that was a little bit out of character. I yeah, think. and I forget there was there was some lead up that uh, he was, he said, uh, oh, yeah, when he's like, oh, you're wearing, why is Wyatt in Lisa's outfit for so long? Why know. doesn't he change? I don't know. It, maybe he was comfortable, but it looks un- it looks tight. It looks very uncomfortable, and like it might ride up a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I think it's for the visual gag. I mean, it for sure is That's for it. the visual gag. But he wore it downstairs. And yeah. I'm not really sure why. Because he knew Chet's, what would happen if he ran into Chet. Yeah, Chet would eviscerate him, and yeah. he does. And he's like, "Man, next thing you know, you're gonna put bras on your head." And then Wyatt breaks the cam breaks the fourth wall, a la Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That worked. Yeah, that worked. Yeah, I felt good about it. <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see somebody cosplay as Wyatt dressed as in Lisa's outfit somewhere. Okay. Yes. Yes. Do you think that people would get it or just be like, "Why is that person wearing their underwear and a belly shirt?" Um, I think it would take some explaining. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're far enough removed now. Those are the it, best cosplays. I'm not sure it's iconic <laughs> enough. There we go. My Halloween costume. I have a lot more body hair. It'll be horrifying. Could you imagine if I wore that into here I've, on the show? I've already imagined. You've already- <laughs> So then they go shopping. <clears throat> There's I've noticed John Hughes has a lot of tropes. Like the the perfume shopping and the the thong shopping reminded me of the Christmas vacation scene with Chevy Chase and the party scene, like there's a lot, and the fantasy sequence in Christmas Vacation, just and you know the end of Mother. Right, <laughs> just, uh, you're waiting for it. Yeah. So uh, I love what Lisa's shopping and specifically listen to the old lady. So she, first off, she's in a lingerie store where the oldest, prudest lady imaginable happened to get a job there. Yeah. So like, imagine you walk into a Victoria's Secret and it's your your <clears throat> super conservative grandma. Is working there, and and this is her specifically. Listen to her noises as Lisa asked this question. If you were a fifteen-year-old boy, mm-hmm. would these turn you on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so too. I'll take. It. <laughs> Play it again. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Play it one more time. If you were a fifteen-year-old boy, mm-hmm. 
Would these turn you on? I think so too. I'll take it. <laughs> her face is saying no. Right. But her noises are saying yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you take that, if I told you she's talking to a 15 year old boy right now, right. And he is nervous as all hell and like about to just explode with hormones. It would sound the same, right? It probably would. Would these turn you on? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm also. I'm gonna flip it on you. If I told you that she was holding up literally anything in the world, would that still make sense? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't think so? If I if I held up anything in the world and I said, if you were a 15 year old boy, would this turn you on? Oh yeah. Every, Is there anything I could be holding that you would say no to? From Lisa holding it, or just in general? I mean, sure. If from Lisa holding it. Oh yeah, no. Everything. Nothing, everything. Right? Yeah. yeah. She right. could be like these giant sweatpants. Yeah, you don't have to. These MC Hammer pants. Would this turn a 15 year old boy on? You don't have to take a survey. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're fine. I have a theory that this was a background actor who just kept saying lines, and they were like, "Hey, we'll have to bump you." up in SAG and pay you more if you say a line so you can't say one. And so she's actually saying, I don't know, because if you listen, it sounds like, I don't know. I don't know. Or I th- where I thought you were going with that is that she just, like, couldn't help but react audibly. <laughs> and they were like, stop, stop talking. It. And that was a one take where <laughs> they're just like, like, God. She was like, all right, I won't talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, I is, want that to be my text message whenever anybody texts me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine, imagine if you're sitting in like in like an important meeting. Like, all right, everybody, uh, I think we got to get the numbers up this year. And uh-huh. uh, does anybody have any questions? Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, that's just my phone. <laughs> Three people would be like, "Is that from Weird Science? Is that the old lady in the lingerie store from Weird Science?" I just want the rest of this twelve minutes we have to be this sound. And clip. you're like, "How come you didn't get my cosplay?" But you understood the. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, at the mall. Um, Lisa leads Robert Downey. Robert Downey Jr. is hilarious in this, too. Yeah. He's such a jerk. and But you can already see, like, it's amazing when you see people, at, and Bill Paxton, too, when you see uh, these super megastars at their at their at the infancy of their careers mm-hmm. and being like, you can tell watching just Robert Downey Jr. as this total one-dimensional jerk in this movie. Yeah. That he's going to blow up yeah. because he's just, he has a charisma about him, even in the few scenes he has. Most and I don't know if that's because I'm equating it to, you know, all the movies I've seen him in, but you can still see that spark. I felt that know? too. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second he shows up, I was like, ah! Just like a magnetic presence. Right? Definitely. He's so good, man. Yeah. He's so good. And um, they, so <laughs> they, she leads them away. She invites him to Wyatt's party, and then Wyatt and Gary come rolling, just speeding through, and you see, like, 15 people run for their lives. And it's, it's so, you know, we're teaching children to drive very recklessly at malls. Yeah. Yes. Very. He pulls up on the sidewalk. He They drive off. Uh, it's kind of a Ferris Bueller-ish. All the car stuff, for me, reminds me of, like, the joyriding in Ferris Bueller. Yeah. I did want to mention also, like, I sometimes have a hard time being a passenger in cars of people that I don't know. Yeah. I would never get into a car of a a woman that I just created from the internet. And in a car that she just in a created. Car that she created. I would never I would be like, let's walk. Do you think they programmed the ability to create things or was that like a a, a side effect? So this is we we like sort of mentioned it in the beginning how this should be called weird magic. Yeah. And not weird science. Yeah. There's there's nothing scientific no. going on here. Even like from the moment they create her, yeah. like that's 
even that is not scientific. Like there's nothing science about what's happening no. here and nothing that you could even explain away as like, oh, it's a little bit like we, we used our liquids from sci- our beakers from science class. Yeah, they like, don't that's even... N- has nothing to do with anything. They don't do the thing that you love in movies where they, they over-explain something in a confusing way just to make it sound scientific. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah. I can't remember if you love that or hate that. Oh, uh, not a fan. <laughs> That's what you hate that. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I was speaking from my own point of view. Yeah. Uh, oh, not no, a fan. No. Don't put that. Don't put that. Nope. That is not my opinion How on it. How dare you. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I I feel like you could make a sequel to this and make it a horror film where, like, she has become Skynet, where, like, she realizes that Wyatt and Gary have not learned anything. Right. And that all men are terrible and that they wanted to own her. And so then she just starts creating chaos. Like, let's do that. Let's make a sequel to Weird Science. It's Ex Machina. Weird Science. Yeah, it's Ex Machina. You're right. It is Ex Machina. It's a a great movie. Uh, So let's play this one. This is when... This (laughs) this is good good call. So this is when Lisa goes to tell uh, Gary's parents that he's going to have a party. And she tells him off about how good of a boy he is, how he gets good grades, and they never compliment him. Let's play clip number six. Have you ever wondered how sad it is that your son's only sexual outlet is tossing off to magazines in the bathroom? Oh, Gary! Ma, I never tossed off to anything! You told me you were combing your hair! I was! I was! Shut up! I never got the water spreading all day! I never shut only tactic is just to repeatedly <laughs> shut up just yell shut up until he, his head explodes i did wonder if toss off was a term that people used and it, it <clears throat> makes me believe that it wasn't the way that he kept like going like this yeah. like let me explain to you what toss off is it's, yeah. yeah well I, and I think the mom would have never got it unless she went toss off you right. know yeah and this is this scene plays out every teenage boy's nightmare is like and and is every teenage boy's in my mind, every teenage boy's nightmare of how their parents would react to that. Sure. Like, yeah. the mom just being like, I can't believe you have normal sexual feelings! No! You were yeah. a sinner! Because especially in the 80s, like, that, we were in the time of, like, basically toss-off madness, like reefer madness, where it was like, you're gonna go blind! You're, you're, someone you love is gonna get in a car accident if you wank it, okay? Sure. Shut, Shut up. up! Shut up! The dad is so- You said you were combing your hair! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good and that scene's hilarious to me because it just plays out as a nightmare scene for for teenagers and the, um, the nightmare specifically being a creation of your yeah. computer yeah. uh outing outing your you. masturbation habits to your parents yeah yeah, yeah. i get it i get yeah. it <laughs> everybody haven't you had that everybody everybody's had that nightmare. nightmare uh it's a recurring nightmare um and the parents are hilarious then she pulls out a gun uh that at first, it's it's weird how, like, in 2019, we look at, like, how willy-nilly guns were used in the 80s for comedic effect. And now you're like, holy shit, yeah. she's pointing a gun at his parents. Yeah. And then it's funny because it's a squirt gun. But was it at the time? Or did she make it a squirt gun later? I don't know, because then later it's a real gun. 
But they like that was another weird moment. magic. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. where I really like became aware yeah. of the time and space that I was in and the time and space that this was created in. Because I was like, yeah. "What is this movie about to be?" Dude, it's like Parenthood. If you rewatch the movie Parenthood with Steve Martin, uh-huh. there's a scene where he has a nightmare that his daughter's boyfriend is gonna be a sniper on top of a of a building, and you're just like, "What?" And then he wakes up like, well, "That was a crazy thought." And now you're like, "Oh Jesus," mm. you know. Or Ghost dad. Ghost. <laughs> Bill Cosby's a, a fun dad that comes. That's a ghost and comes knew, through telephones. <laughs> who knew that uh, Invisible Man or, or um, what was it? Um, uh, what was the movie with uh, Kevin Bacon? Not Invisible Man. Oh, what can I remember? Hollow Man. Oh, Hollow Man. Yeah, Hollow yeah, Man yeah, is yeah, the yeah. is the real story of Bill Cosby if he was invisible. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <No>. Sorry. <laughs> There's always room for the jello. Uh, okay. Hollow Man's a lot like Mother, if you think about <laughs> Everything's it. Everything's a lot like Mother. So they go to this, they have this party. Oh, first she makes uh, the dad forget Gary exists, which <laughs> is hysterical to me. Because the mom keeps going, bringing up photos, Gary, it's our son! And he's like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And that recurring joke is super funny to me when yeah. they call it back later. Um, let's play, this is when the party's in full swing, the rest of the movie's the party. Which means we're halfway through the movie, and the entire rest of the movie is this bonkers party, yeah. which I'm fine with. And this is them in the bathroom, nervous, because apparently uh, he has IBS. Wyatt has IBS. How's your stomach? It's a little bad. You're going to float an air biscuit, let me know, okay? Float a what? If you're going to fart, if you're going to squeeze cheese, let me know, okay? I'll hit the fan. If you're going to fart, you're going to squeeze cheese. I've never heard float an air biscuit before. Never in my life. And it's my new favorite phrase. Float an air biscuit. I want to teach it to my daughter. Be like, Daisy, did you, instead of be like, Daisy, did you toot? I'll be like, Daisy, you float an air biscuit? That's what it's she'll be, like, she'll be like, no, daddy, you float an air biscuit. I think it'll be great. Take that to preschool and really thing. confuse yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ta- teacher toss off also. <laughs> I'm waiting to get a call from the uh, teachers. Yeah, just go ahead and turn that fan on, man. Yeah. Like, you don't have to ask. You don't have to have a conversation about it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the other thing is, <laughs> so the girls come in after uh, Wyatt has taken a dump. And it's a tiny bathroom. So I'm, I'm close to you. I'm close to other friends of mine. Sure. I've never stood in the same room as you while you took a shit. To. No. Uh, I've none of, not even my best friend since first grade, have I ever been in the same bathroom or uh, to me, there's like a, there's a proximity thing when that kind of thing happens. Yeah. That it, yeah. It, it's a, it's a weird thing that they're just hanging out in the bathroom as he full on dumps it out. They have a special relationship. <laughs> they do. It's a, they, they're very close. They hang out while they each share other sex bots. Poops. They shared at sex bots. And I don't care how many candles you lit. I love the girls when they show up. The girls they have a crush on. Uh-huh. None of them make a reference to. It would have been funny if there was like, it smells like a birthday cake in here or yeah. something. Like some kind of reference where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But they're, uh, maybe they don't have any sense of smell. Or the, what they should have been like was, did someone drop a water biscuit? <laughs> yes. Just to tie it all the way yes. around. But what what they actually should have been like was, why are the two of you in there? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know. Because, again, like that's small spaces yeah. and it's... But it's then, not like a public bathroom where you can just like hang out. That's in. where they share their moment, though, with the two girls that they've had a crush on. Which, again, they don't leave. They're no. asked to leave, and they're like, gotcha. gotcha. And they go into the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Let's skip to uh, Wyatt's grandparents, who I didn't know existed till 51 minutes into the movie. Yep. But boy, is their intro hilarious. I have a wonderful idea, Henry. <laughs> mm-hmm. After dinner, why don't we stop by and visit with Wyatt? 
I hate to think of his being alone at home tonight. Doesn't he have anything to read? Well, I don't know, dear. But you know, nothing's more important to a teenage boy than his grandparents. <laughs> we'll drop by. Oh, good. It's so amazing. That scene is hilarious. They're great. Nothing's more important to a teenage boy than his grandparents. Also, like, shouts to the grandparents for choosing a day that their own child isn't home to stop by. <laughs> it's so funny. They're like, let's swing by when my daughter isn't it's there. It's such a funny, out-of-nowhere setup that I love. And when they come in and they freak out, and then she freezes them in a closet. Yeah. Uh, the grandparents are hysterical. They also this. never get unfrozen. As far as we know. As far as we know. There should have been a post credit scene where they just open it up and it's they're still in there like yeah. Like, who's Gary? Who's Gary? <laughs> so um there's all kinds of crazy stuff happens where the, she realizes she needs uh, Lisa realizes she needs to ramp things up so that they can prove that they are that they're they're manly, that they're that they can they have courage to these girls that they like. Mm-hmm. And so the logical conclusion would be to have mutant marauders come in with like a, a bolted on face mask that's bleeding, the guy from Hills Have Eyes, the dude from Mad Max, uh, the Road Warrior, you know, just really shake things up a girl on a chain and dog collar who actually turns out to be very polite. She's at the very end. polite. Very yeah. polite. Like, you have a lovely place. Uh, let's play clip number nine where she's trying to get them out of the closet while these guys are wreaking havoc in the living room. This is an excellent chance for you to prove your bravery and Courage. Those are outdated concepts, all right? Don't let John Wayne hear you say that. The man is dead, Lisa, okay? Well, so are you if you don't deal with this situation. No, thanks. Gary, do you feel like a chicken? What, if I could shoot an egg on my ass right now, I would. <laughs> So they're real big wusses. Uh, but we forgot. We got to back up a little bit because uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his buddy uh, coerced them into being like, look, you can... <laughs> this is a moment that's a little problematic. Yes. By a little, I mean very. Yes. Hey, listen, we'll trade you our girlfriends yes. like, like they're baseball cards. If you create us... <laughs> One solo sex bot. Not even they want to trade them for Lisa. Yeah. They're right. also okay with sharing Lisa. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> so weird. Oh, it's so weird. Why are pairs of guys just totally okay with sharing the sex bot? Yeah, I don't it's you know, it's uh, it's the eighties. I guess. So uh, th- instead of creating a sex bot, they forget to put a doll there and instead there's a time magazine with a missile and a missile just shows up in the house and it's a fully live active nuke it seems like yep and that's before the marauders so things like i said just like mother things are crazy crazy. the kitchen's all blue thing there's blue cookies it's all going nuts um check comes in from duck hunt so then they get the marauders out everything goes back normal uh they they come in in the morning oh no check comes in when the missile's still there and he's pissed off and (laughs) This is his exchange with uh, with Lisa. You got everybody sink to the same bullshit story. This isn't bullshit. This is a Pershing missile chip. It's Chet. My name is Chet. <laughs> and I didn't think it was a whale's dick, honey. <laughs> <laughs> His purpose 
so gross. Mm. Uh, so then he gets transformed. We only have a few minutes, but he like one minute. He gets transformed into what looks like a giant frog mixed with a pile of poop. Right. And I was not expecting that. Big old pile of water biscuits. He feels bad, uh, and he apologizes to Wyatt and Gary, and the whole house gets remade back to normal right before the parents come home. And, uh, you know, now uh, she's the gym teacher, and all the boys react as anybody would if a hot gym teacher shows up. Oh, man! And pass out all yeah. at once. And that's the end of this movie. Because she has more lessons to teach, She has more lessons to these... You know, it's... Uh, I want to see a sequel. I want to see a sequel yeah. where it's the horror film. Weirder science. Weirder magic. Yeah. That's all the time we have for today about weird science. Uh, let us know what you thought about the movie. Uh, when you saw it back in the day versus how you think it ages now... Uh, also, send us some horror film submissions because or suggestions because we are going to be talking all horror all month long in October for Halloween. Until next time, where can they find you, Jesse? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Too Much Jesse and for sketch at The Prom Losers. You can find me at The Ben Begley. You can find us at Guilty Movie Guys. And keep your suggestions coming in. Keep your comments on the iTunes and YouTube pages. It helps with our viewership. And we appreciate each and every one of you, even the constructive criticism, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Until next time, what is your guilty movie pleasure? From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.